You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Foundation Radio presents Carl Pennell in Nature, Episode 1, Carl Finds a Snake. Ah! Can we talk about this shit right now? Can we seriously talk about this shit? What the fuck is this shit? How the fuck am I supposed to get this shit out of my fucking house? What the... What? Ah! Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Carl Pinnell and Nature. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Uh, my mind is ready, willing, and able to ask uh, for Ask Meanie, a full Ask Meanie anything. I guess I should cue it up then. Meanie. Yes, sir. Are you ready to Ask Meanie? I would love to. It's time to ask Meanie anything. Ask me something. This episode here is a full, shark-filled episode of Ask Meanie Anything. <laughs> Every question you'd like to know and want to ask the Blue Meanie, today's the day. Ask me anything for. First of all, I want to give a shout out to the Pod Squad here. Pod Squad, thank you so much for joining us on another delightful Our ride or die. of the program. We're going to get started here with the first question. Andy Schlichter, member of the Pod Squad, wants to know wrestling. What wrestling venue would you like to wrestle in again? And what venue that you would like to wrestle in that you never had the chance to? Oh, well, number one, the. the, the Venue I've always wanted to wrestle in and I never got to wrestle in was the Philadelphia Spectrum. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I, and that's somebody who who got an opportunity to actually wrestle in Madison Square Garden. <clears throat> so, uh, I, you know, I got to work in some really cool buildings. Uh, Rosemont Horizon, the Cow Palace, Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, ECW Arena, of course. Um Probably one of the coolest, uh, just from a setup standpoint, uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania, the uh, Jaffa Mosque was always a really cool venue. Uh, just the way the seating was set up, the way the ring was done, it felt special, felt unique. Uh, you know, ECW Arena will always be you know special to me, but, like, you know, if I had to eliminate ECW Arena... Jaffa Mosque in uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. I would have loved to have worked 
Sportatorium in Dallas, mm. even though even though I heard it was like ECW Arena South, you know, just uh, <clears throat> definitely would like to have worked there in front of that crowd that you know I watched every week just to get a new perspective. It's 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 one thing when you're uh, you watch wrestling on TV, and then you get to actually work in the building you've watched you know, all your life and see it from a totally different you know perspective that you know the camera lenses you know, don't catch on TV, you know, it's kind of like when I'm playing MLB, the show <laughs> and, uh, I'm playing baseball and, um, you can zoom around and see parts of different stadiums that you wouldn't have recognized otherwise because you're just so, so used to certain camera angles and stop spots like that. Same with wrestling, you know, you know, uh, Russ Hunter garden used to seeing that cool looking ceiling, you know, uh, you know, uh, the Baltimore Civic Arena, you're used to seeing that stage in the background, you know, uh, you know, you know, some of the boys would be hanging out and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I would have loved to have worked the Philadelphia Spectrum because, you know, I, not only, you know, am I unapologetically, you know, Philly, a Philly guy, um, you know, I love the Spectrum. I went to concerts at the Spectrum, uh, the cool thing, I, I got to go to the thing where they let you loot the Spectrum. <laughs> where uh, <laughs> 20 bucks, you go down, and whoever you can carry out, it's yours. So I lo- I got four Spectrum seats in my house. Really? Yeah, I got uh, I I found four Spectrum chairs, and uh, it's like, fuck, uh, whatever you can carry up that ramp, right? Yeah. So I was like, man, how am I going to get these up the fucking ramp? <clears throat> I found an office chair. So I I put them on the office chair and wheeled them up the fucking ramp. So not only do I have four uh, Philadelphia Spectrum chairs, but Mrs. Meany uses the uh, office chair for her little office uh, portion of the in the house. But um, yeah, and I went to the thing where the, you get to loot the Spectrum with uh, Bay Ragney. Shout out to Bay Ragney, who was Chubby Dudley in ECW. And we're standing in the middle of the Spectrum on the floor, and I was like, quick. Let's just lock up. And we, we stood there and we fucking locked up to say, okay, we worked the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's run some spots. The untelevised match between the Blue Meanie and Chubby Dudley at the spectrum. Yeah. Who went the over? Who the fuck went yeah. over? Yeah. Uh, we both won. Of course. Because, uh, you know, we, we, got, we got to lock up in the, in the spectrum. But uh, <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, but... Uh, I'd love to go back to the Jaffa Mosque. Uh, I'm trying to think of other historic buildings that are out there that have wrestling that I haven't been to. But, uh, yeah, Jaffa Mosque is, is a, not only is a, is a, you know, visually, you know, cool-looking building, but the inside is really cool, too. I uh, got to do a six-man tag there. It was um, me, Nova, and Balls Mahoney versus the Dudleys. Wow. And one of the few times, I, we got was to work it, the Dudleys a couple, a couple times, but. Now, was it Bubba, Devon, and Spike? Uh, Bubba, Devon, and I believe Big Dick. Maybe. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> this is a, a little uh, inside baseball back, you know, on certain road trips when, like, a ring announcer couldn't make it. Uh, Judge Jeff Jones was the uh, ring announcer behind the curtain. And I kind of wish. I fed Jeff Jones the line, 
you know, after he introduces me, Mahoney, and Nova, they call us Team Super Blue Balls. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm like, fuck. But later on, me and Mahoney went to team on those ECW uh, Extreme Reunion shows or Extreme Rising shows as Team Blue Balls. That's great. So, uh, yeah, it was great. But, uh, yeah, Jaffa Ma, yeah, that Jaffa Ma, like, and maybe because I was just listening to uh, Mike Kyoto's mailbag on uh, ad free shows the other night. And he was talking about, they were asking him buildings that were hard to set up with. He said Jaffa Mosque. I went, you know, that was actually a really good building to run. So I would have to pick that. Adam from Downingtown wants to know before we get moving here, have you, uh, do you, uh, do you, Keep in contact with Spike Dudley. He's someone that hasn't really done a ton of interviews or appearances since he's retired. Have you heard anything or keep in contact with little Spike I, Dudley? I, I see Spike now and then, and uh, he's he's living the life, man. He's uh, not only an incredibly talented guy, incredibly tough guy. All the shit he did, you know, in ECW, all the shit he did in... WWE, but he's also a school teacher. Uh, he was in, if you watch Beyond the Mat, you know, they have him quoting Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, uh, and he looks good. You know, he, you know, uh, he's, he's aged gracefully. He looks great. Uh, he seems to be having a great life. Uh, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm ha- happy for anybody who can, you know, break through to the other side of the business and do well. Yeah. You know, I'm happy for anybody who can do well in the business, you know, but, you know, you know, some people, Bret Hart had the uh, perfect analogy that like leaving wrestling is kind of like leaving Shawshank, mm. you know, you know, Brooks was here, you know, when Brooks goes out, you know, leaves, you know, gets paroled, he doesn't know how to fit in society where he's always, you know, asking permission to go to the bathroom and this, that, and the other thing. And he said, you know, what, oh, fuck it. And you know, we know the rest, but you know, when somebody can, you know, uh, move on from the wrestling business and have a normal life and be productive, I'm always happy for those guys. Cause it is hard. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not a knock against those who struggle, but it is hard to get used to life because, you know, you go out there and you get a, a job and, people automatically assume that, you know, once you're in wrestling and once you're on TV, you're a millionaire. That's not the case. You know, um, you know, when you get into the wrestling business, whether you're making a million dollars or making 120,000 a year, you know, 50% of that's going to the government. Right. You know, taxes, your federal tax, the state you live in and every state you wrestled in. They send you a 1099 every year. Jeez. And then on top of that, expenses, rental car, food, hotel, they cover the airfare. Uh, If you're lucky enough to get a TV deal, sometimes they'll cover the hotel and you stay at the TV hotel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, um, you know, on top of that, you know, say you make six figures, you know, say you make 120 grand eventually you know that whittles down to maybe you know 50 grand then you got uh you know living expenses back home rent gas electric phone all that stuff so like jesus christ (laughs) you know just uh it's crazy you know but uh 
I know we were talking about Spike Dudley, but no, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's it's cool to see. Oh well, and then the movie, the wrestler depicted it great. You know, Randy Rams working the fucking the deli counter. Yeah, and the guy recognizes him. Goes, ah, I thought that was you, but you know, you're older now or whatever. He says to Jameis Sloman to the meat slicer. But um, you know, um, yeah, I'm happy for you know Spike's doing good. Spike's doing good. Spike was always one of my favorites to watch. You know, during that time dude, after he, you know ECW and then in WWE, I mean that dude took some serious fucking bumps, man. If you dude, wanna, he came from. I'm sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> no, I'm sorry. I was just thinking, if you want to go back and watch any of that stuff, I mean, go to the go to go, you know, load up the cock and check out any of Spike Dudley's matches. I mean, that dude is just a bumping fucking machine. I, I caught you on that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, almost good. Fucking spit take. Um, no, nah, I mean, I just remember watching and being like, "How the fuck is this dude still walking?" I mean, he took that yeah. that pile or the 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 power bomb from the Undertaker. I thought he killed him. Yeah. Like, and then he's out there. Then he's out, out there fighting Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's throwing him the fuck around. I'm like, holy shit, this guy yeah. can can fucking go. Um, so uh, he, he he did things the right way. He came in the ECW. Yeah. Uh, the right way. He um, he was from California. He was mm. part of Al- Roland Alexander's uh, APW. Came out to Philly or ECW, and I remember the first night I met him. You know, ECW is who's this guy dressed like a Dudley? You know, <laughs> I had no idea that. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of ECW. There's like no starting this week in ECW. Like there's like now you would just know beforehand. Fear is coming to ECW. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, somebody would just show up, and they're on the show, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. uh, who's this guy dressed like a Dudley? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he uh, became part of the ring crew. He did, uh, I think he stayed up at the, near the House of Hardcore, became part of the ring crew, did everything right. Yeah. You know, and uh, definitely earned his stripes and earned the respect of the whole locker room, you know, right. from you know, everybody. You know, everybody in the business, everybody who's a part of a show is, is important from the t- ticket taker to the uh, to the booker. So he did it the right way. Robert Kelly wants to know, suppose someone in, the, in a new generation now uh, asked you to pass the reins along to them for the Blue World Order. Would you do it? <laughs> uh, first of all, who would want it? Um, but uh, well, listen to to rebut that. Every fucking show I watch, there's always a BWO T-shirt in the crowd, including at the front row at WrestleMania 38 this year, sir. So yeah, you know, that's my boy Carrie. Uh, he's like Mister Collar and Elbow. He he always rock, rocks the Collar and Elbow shirts, front row WrestleMania, and he uh, this year and last year he was very cool to uh, wear my. Uh, collar and, and uh, elbow bwo inspired shirt which is awesome but uh uh well we kind of did that with the bwo japan right but, you know uh de- depends on who would like i said you know like the best friends are probably somebody's like uh who would you want to manage you know the, yeah, be with the best friends and stuff like that but to hand down the reins of the bwo it's just like you know there's been so many you know, we were the first, you know, I want to say we were the first NWO-inspired faction. There's been so many since then that 
it would just seem redundant at this point, you know, to say, Hey, you know, everybody goes, you know, it's, it's, you know, Paul and Jean going to sell the rights to kiss and have other people wear the, uh, the outfits and stuff right. like that. You know, yeah. Will we do that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Schlichter has another question. Um, uh, coinciding with your upcoming, uh, appearances, where is your favorite meet and greet place to go? Favorite meet and greet place to go. Um, again, I'm going to have to say ECW Arena because it's right around the corner from my house and we do the Icons Fest at least tw- twice a year. Listen, before you answer, before you continue, the next time I'm at Icons, you, me, Silk City, my treat, go ahead and continue. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I've been so spoiled. You know, so many shows come to the ECW Arena and, you know, it's a 10-minute walk from my house. You know, uh, we went to Indiana, and I loved the trip. I loved the trip. But, you know, you realize how spoiled you are, you know, not having to travel to go do things. But <laughs> it was cool to go. It was cool to do the Square Circle Expo uh, in Indy. That was a really good That was a really good experience. Uh, because, you, you know, when you do icons of philly see a, you know some of the same wrestlers but go out to indy you know see wolfie d see flash flanagan guys who i you know haven't seen in forever that was cool i'm doing a, a convention in tampa in september that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun uh but meet and greets uh i hate to be a cop out it's gonna have to be the east arena because I've, I've been there so often and it's right around the corner from my house where you know uh oh shit i forgot something i just i'll be right back i'm gonna i'll run home and get it you know <laughs> just, you know that's awesome and like i i'm very at the point in my life where it's just like i weigh every fucking option with every booking it's just like is it worth it you know just uh because you know you know, getting older and recouping's a little bit harder, you know, and just, uh, you know, instead of, you know, being ready to go the next day, next day I'm just like, eh, I think I'll take a hot shower. Yeah, just to loosen up and uh, take some CBD and stuff like that. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got people asking me for dates, and I'm just like, eh, you know, I don't know. I got a, you know, a virtual signing coming up, uh, the May 15th or something like that in North Jersey. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be with Francine and kick cash and that'll be great. Yeah. You know, and, uh, go to my social medias for that, <clears throat> which you'll probably be knowing this show will be, will air after I fucking done it. So, uh, now this airs can before we do- this will air before. Okay. So we're so, good. Uh, we're, go we're to my right social line, media. Pal. Yeah. North Jersey, uh, me, Francine, kid cash, at a captain's corner uh let's go to my social media <clears throat> i have all the information but i love doing the virtual signings now uh where you're reaching people from all the, over the world uh doing in stores you know the signing stuff like that um but yeah favorite meet and greet spot it has to be the ecw arena because you know you do icons and then um you know there's like a like a two hour three hour break. You go to uh, Oregon Niner or 
you know, wherever to have some uh, sit down and eat. Hold on. Uh, nice. Selterless kiss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> selterless kiss. Um, and then like, they're, they're uh, you know, the folks who do uh, Battleground are kind enough to let me keep a table, you know, at the, uh, during their show. And, uh, you know, you go home and sleep in your own bed. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of spoiled by the ECW Arena. In many more ways than one, the ECW Arena has, has spoiled me. Carl Hayes wants to know, who do you like in the Kentucky Derby if you were wagering? <laughs> the rabbit. <laughs> oh, that's dog racing. That's dog that's the racing. dog racing. Yeah. 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 Got any good uh, point? Got any tips? Yeah, bet on a rabbit. Yeah, you know, don't don't piss against the wind and don't and bet on a rabbit. Um, I have no clue who is in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I have a friend every year goes, "Hey, you want to come come to my Kentucky Derby party?" I'm just like, brother. Uh, brother. I don't think I have any goofy looking hats. You know, I think. The Kentucky Derby is about wearing goofy hats, right? Yeah. There's some. Yeah. No, I, I'm not knocking it. It's just. I used to go to a party yeah. in, in Bucks County with a friend of mine. I used to, and they would all have the hats and the, it was a big thing for them. And I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm not knocking it, but I don't really know anything about it. So it's, you know, I, I'm looking Ego. at the names right here and there's a name, Happy Jack. He's got 30 to one odds. There's our guess. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him a little hair tussle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would like to go to a Kentucky Derby party the way somebody overseas wanted to listen to our all Philadelphia sports talk show, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah. So it's just, oh, okay. I guess I could skip this episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know not going against on the Kentucky Derby. I just, eh. yeah. Uh, Pod Squad member Anthony Camarado. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 hold on. No offense to the person who asked that question either. I'm, I'm. That's your passion. More power to you. But yeah, and we appreciate the question, but, Carl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm not. I'm not shitting on the thing you like. It's nope. just not for me. Pod Squad member Anthony Camarada asked. Camarada. What is Meanie and Adam's favorite B movie? Have you ever seen the movie mm. Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? It's like a cross oh between God. Kiss and Scooby Doo. Oh, absolutely! It's one of the best worst movies ever. Um, dude, uh, shout out to the McCuskers, uh, uh, Ryan and Dougie. Uh, they got a podca- podcast called uh, "Prisoners of Rock and Roll," and they just did a whole thing on uh, episode of Kiss. They talk about Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, and. Uh, you know, it is one of the best worst movies ever. Uh, to where you know between yeah, Kiss Me Scooby Doo is a perfect analogy. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's so points. I guess you know Ace Frehley was so hammered that they had to get like a body double. Wow! And not only did did they get a, a body double, oh, a stunt double to fill in for Ace Ace Frehley, but they picked an African American man who uh, uh, Ace Frehley is very Caucasian. And you see a guy in the kiss suit and, you know, you look at the hands, you're like, that's not Ace Frehley. Because <laughs> you know, he was just so fucking hammered during the filming and the making of that. 
that they're like, you know, somebody just put on a suit, please. You know, uh, Ace is uh, out, you know, out to, out to lunch. But uh, best favorite B movie. Um, hmm. You go first. Let me uh, ponder. Uh, yeah, let me think about this. I'm not really sure. I, uh, I'm i not sure if it's a B movie, but there's a great movie that I remember from when I was a kid called Brain Donors. Um, it's uh. from 1992. It's got John Turturro. Um, it's basically like a, like, it's, it's I'm trying to think of what it's like. Uh, it's almost like, um, I'm trying to think of the name, like a, what it could can be compared to. It's just like, a, it's an absurdist slapstick kind of movie. And it's just stupid funny. And it's always been yeah. one of my favorites from the time I was a kid. Um, but it's basically about a, uh, a, 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 like a, a tycoon who is in a, he has a ballet company and it's about these guys getting uh, this uh, dancer called the great Valer to come in and dance. And John Turturro plays a guy named Roland T. Flackvisor. And it's like, he's this like, you know, not a criminal, but he's like this, you know, fake lawyer or whatever. Like he's just faking it until he makes it kind of thing. And God, it's fucking funny, man. It's one of my favorites. And uh, I would say that's probably my favorite. If it, if I can call it a B movie, um, that would be the one I would, yeah, I would go with. That's my conundrum because most people's B movies are my A movies. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Uh I would there's a, a movie called The Hidden. Okay. With uh Kyle McLaughlin where uh these uh space aliens come to Earth and they it's kinda like invasion of body snatchers where they take over bodies and these uh this alien cop is chasing this alien bad guy on Earth. And uh, overtaking the bodies and stuff like that, and it's and then and the villain that he's chasing happens to love heavy metal and fast cars, and uh, he's just jamming. But it's it's a really good movie, you know. If you if you watch, you know, if you watch it, and then um, maybe another movie would probably be. Uh, and I haven't seen this. In, you know, it's weird. Uh, fucking. Uh, you watch there's a movie you watch when you're a kid and you're like oh it's the greatest movie of all time and you go watch back and watch it and you're like wow what the yeah, man has my taste improved <laughs> uh, it's a movie called night patrol yes with uh murray langston the unknown comic uh-huh you know but he doesn't have the bag on his head in this movie and uh it's kind of like you know you know, uh, a takeoff, you know, you know, airplane became the, the big, you know, the, 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 the movie, everybody start copying. It's kind of like airplane for, but a police force. Yeah. You know, it's stuff like that, you know? So, uh, I, I went back and watched it recently. I was like, Whew. cause I found it on VHS. I was like, Oh, God. oh this is, I found a hidden treasure and I watch it. I'm like, mm. but, uh, you know, when I was a kid. Night patrol was awesome. Uh, as a, as an adult, uh, the hidden still stands up because I could I could pop that on. There's a hidden too as well, but I haven't watched that. Uh, kind of scared to watch it, so I don't, I don't know if it's going to sully my love for the original. But uh, as most sequels do, but uh, I would say the hidden with Kyle MacLachlan, who went on to be in Twin Peaks. Uh, so there's a couple, there's a little bit of chatter in the pod squad here. Schlichter says his are the Army of the Darkness, Army of Darkness or Troll Hunter. And yeah. then uh, Vanessa, is it is it, this the movie called The Worms in the Mouth? 
I believe is one that she is mentioning here. And Andrew Bailey mentioned one of my favorites, Heavyweights, which is basically... Is that a B-movie, though? I think so. It's a Disney film. I know it was in theaters, but I guess it could be a B-movie. But, um, yeah, one of my all-time favorites uh, as, a, as a fat kid uh, growing up in the 90s, nothing spoke to my life more than the film Heavyweights. One more I do want to mention here before we move to the next question. Sure. A little film called Basketball. Trey Parker yeah. and Matt Stone... Uh, it was written by uh, David Zucker and directed by him. Wow, what a classic fucking movie. One of the it best is. lines in the entire movie is when Coop Cooper is trying to hit the free throws for the kid who is go- going in to have surgery, to have a, a liver replaced, or a kidney replaced, rather, and they get shit-faced on tequila the night before, and he misses the free throw. And <laughs> I think it's uh, not Al Michaels, it's Bob Costas goes, wow, the Lord must really have it in for that little boy. And I don't care how many times I see that flick, that shit pops me every single time. Fun fact, the guys, the, yes. the guys that created that movie took the roles. Originally, it was supposed to be Chris Farley is who he wanted in the movie, David Zucker. Uh, but he casted uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone took the movie because they thought South Park was going to be canceled by the time they started filming, which ended up becoming a, you know, incredible mainstream hit uh, Vanessa says the hidden has the aliens or the worms that enter through the mouth. Which one is yes. that? Uh, I want to say it's aliens hmm. because it's it's an intergalactic thing. And uh, I don't want to give the uh, spoiler away, but, you know, just uh, there's uh, an alien cop and then there's a regular cop. But they're chasing this alien bad guy. It's it's aliens. So aliens. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, 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 I mean, like the thing that comes out of them looks like a worm mm. kind of thing, but it's like a, it's from another planet or something like that. Uh, but it's really good. Uh, fun fact, I watched basketball uh, the week, the, I want to say the night before one of the ECW Heat Wave pay-per-views because I went into... Um, Heatwave was in Dayton, Ohio. I have a friend, Jeremiah, who lives, like, right south of there, near Cincinnati in Kentucky. And I stayed with him for a couple days. And, uh, you know, I went out a couple days early, and we went to uh, the amusement park there, and uh, we watched baseball. Went to the amusement park, and I want to say it was Kings Island, maybe? Uh, whoever's in Cincinnati, and I fucking destroyed a family with a fart, just <laughs> waiting in line for the top, waiting for the top gun ride. Oh like uh, we're going up these stairs, and Jeremiah is, and our our mutual friend Brandy, rest in peace, who uh, were ahead of me in line, and uh, I just I, I I had the fucking farts that I, I just fucking let one go, and Jeremiah looked behind me. And I didn't, I'll, I didn't look back at the family, but his reaction to their reaction just had me like in tears, laughing because I was just like, "What the fuck?" Just, yeah, I'm surprised they had eyebrows. You know, afterward, <laughs> just. <laughs> Meanie, let me ask you a question: Did yes. Shaq get rich playing in Orlando? Uh, what? It's from basketball. Listen, oh, Shaq uh, get rich playing in Orlando? No, he got rich in college. Everybody knows that. I love the little <laughs> shit that they do through the movie like that. It's so fucking good. 
my favorite part is like when they they zoom down and supposedly it's supposed to be the guy's fucking dick swinging <laughs> through the <laughs> it's like or what yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking amazing uh bolt jameson hashtag you never saw me wants to know do you have any truth on the rumor that tom green was going to be the one behind gtv i know it was also rumored to have been gold dust once the idea was nixed but you were on a few of those segments so you might have heard something it was going to be gold dust the g stands for gold dust so uh i knew about it before they were you know going to air the skits and Eventually, it was going to be revealed to be Goldust. You know, uh, you know, he was the uh, supposed to be like the human Oscar and androgynous and stuff like that. But like, he's going to kind of kind of be like those, you know, caught on camera kind of things. You know, that's prevalent now with uh, you know social media and stuff like that. It's kind of have a have a have a ahead of its time. You know, with everything TMZ does now and stuff like that. You know. But that was that was going to be Goldust, one hundred percent. There was no, there was Tom Green wasn't involved in that I, at all. When I was there, I never heard anything about Tom Green. I did, and Goldust came to me and said, "You know, that's supposed to be us. You know, well, that's supposed to be Goldust." And I, I was part of Goldust's gimmick, so yeah, that was that was supposed to be. As far as I know, one hundred percent supposed to be Goldust. ECWWrestling.com wants to know, was there anything planned originally for the talent to have a post-show farewell at the arena after the last original ECW show, which was December 23rd, 2000? If so, what would have been done? Something similar to what was done after the final show in Arkansas or something else? Nobody at the arena knew it was going to be the last arena show. It was just business as usual. Just, uh, we showed up. Uh, that... He showed up. He did the show. Um, anything the, anything notable from that show was uh, the backseat boys were backstage because they were about to come into ECW. Trent uh, Acid, Johnny Cashmere, they were going to kind of be the next ECW tag team, it tag team. Well, not it tag team, but part they were going to be a part of the uh, tag team division because they were up-and-comers. They were doing really good stuff, and uh, Novad pitched for them. You know, because they had worked for Nova's brother, Donnie B, in Jersey. You know, Donnie B had a uh, promotion in Phoenix Championship Wrestling, and, and he managed the backseat boys. And, you know, uh, Nova started, you know, pulling for them to come into ECW. You know, just like Joey uh, Joey Matthews and Christian York and stuff like that built up the, uh, the tag division. So, uh, yeah, nobody knew that last ECW arena show was going to be the last ECW arena show. Which, you know, you know, when we found out ECW was going out of business, when, when we found out ECW was on, back when there was AOL and AOL Instant Messenger, me and Joel Gertner were fucking talking like, really? The last show's going to be in Arkansas? Which, no slight against Arkansas, but you were just at the ECW arena. Right. If you're going to just pull the plug, to say fuck it and... And then at the arena, it could have been that much more, you know, symbolic and special, you know, is, you know, cause I, I was, you know, waiting to see if I was going to do that show, you know, and I was calling Debbie. I was like, Hey, do you, am I doing this Arkansas loop? And she's like, no, nah, we don't need you this week. All right. 
And then I find out online that, you know, it's the last show. Me and me and Joel, you know, were the first two people. Joel, well, at least Joel was the first person I talked to. And we're like, really? That's Arkansas. How you, that's how you found out that was online. Online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't know. I like, thought I would have thought somebody would have called you. No. No. <laughs> Not at that point, right? No. Now, Paul had already jumped, though, right? Paul was already with WWF at that point when everything went under? Or would that, like, because I know. Well, he was, all, well, he was always with WWE. Right. I mean, he was in writing meetings, you know, in the 90s, you know. That's like when uh, I came up with the Val Venus gimmick for Danny Doring and me and Al, me and Al Snow came up with the Danny Doring, the Val Venus gimmick for Danny Doring. Pitched it to Paul for Danny Doring, and then two months later, hello, ladies. Or I'm like, son of a bitch. No way. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. We were in Boston. It was. Uh, Have you red. told that story before? Because I feel like. Yeah. That's breaking news here to me. Adam from Downing Town sure shocked by this. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure I've told it, but I mean, while we're here, uh, we're at, at the uh, dog track. In Revere Mass, and me and Al are just watching the matches because there's the curtain, but there's a like a set of steps. You could go up a couple steps and you see over the curtain to, to watch the show. And we're watching Danny Dorn. We're like, man, this he's great. Yeah, he's kind of he's got that sleazy look, you know. And we're just like, you know, coming off with like movie titles, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hello, you might know me from my movies like Schindler's Fist. <laughs> you know, which is you know, which i think we stole from friends but uh we came up with like a whole bunch of uh porn parody names you know i'm the parody guy so uh and we're like yeah you could come out with a a, a spank towel you know as banker as as a spood rag now we his finisher could be his his finisher could be the money shot <laughs> and we went we, we we went down and we you know, talked to danny and then we went over to paul paul shook his hand and goes that, that's a great idea. You just guys, you guys just came up with a great character, and then we didn't hear anything of anything else about it. And then, you know, <laughs> two months—it it was a couple months later. Hello, lady. The vignettes started airing. You know, it's just like, oh my god. Well, here I'm me just an hour, me, me and hour like son of a bitch. I'm reading something online right now on WrestlingInc.com. Uh, Val Venus has said that Vince McMahon was the one who came up with the character and uh i don't buy that no There's not a chance i could see vince like it, pissing himself about the idea of like ha, sounds like penis pal but like I, well we, we didn't come up with the name but you came up with the porn we, star character yeah a porn star character in professional wrestling finisher the money shot come out and, and you know val venus comes out with a towel wrapped around him and it's just uh, a fucking hell of a con, uh, uh, hell of a fucking coincidence. Jeez, that the exact outline for a character we pitched to Paul made it to WWE TV. And the kicker is when we I, I went up to WWE, Val would come up to me asking for ideas for promos. Wow, you know, I'd be sitting in the in the uh, the stands, you know, staring at Sable's Titantron for the millionth time, wondering what I'm doing that night, and uh, just. Uh, you know, Val would find me in the but hey, hey Bluey, uh, uh, I got this match tonight. Uh, you know, what, what could I say? You know, and you know, just all right. Wait, wait who are you working? Uh, 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 you know, bouncing ideas off each other. Wow. Which which just put another thought in my head. The reason why uh, 
Sable, Sable got so much heat with the boys is every day, like when they were setting up the Titan Tron and all that stuff, and they needed to play a video to, to fucking test the Titan Tron. It was always Sable's fucking Titan Tron video. Interesting. I, I distinctly remember somebody going, man, can they play something else? I mean, they've been playing this because you're at the building, you're bored. Right. You know, can you put like, can we hook an Xbox up that thing or, or a PlayStation and play some Madden or something? You know, just, you know, stuff like that. Oh, but that's funny. I think that's, in the, you know, you know, one of the reasons why she got heat because the boys were watching their Titan video, Tron video sitting in the arena while they're trying to figure out what they're doing that night. But yeah. Anthony Camerata's got another question. Does Meanie prefer Camerata. does Meanie prefer being a heel or a face? And what does a heel Meanie look like? I can't imagine anybody wanting to boo him. I started off as a heel. He's a heel. Goddamn. Motherfucker. Uh, Extra cheese. Extra onions. Uh, Shout out to Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard for providing us with an incredible Jim Cornette for impression. Shout out to Jim Cornette. I love yeah. Him. Shout out to Jim Cornette. I, I frequently listen to his uh, commentary online, him and the great Brian Last. I'm typically yeah. always tuning into his stuff. So shout out to them. Yeah. I mean, some people can't handle his, the, his message isn't, isn't bad. It's just I see where people would have problems with the uh, package it's delivered in. That makes but sense. Having, dude, I've been around Jim since 95. Wow, and you know, I I met him as a fan, but like once I was in the business, you know, when I was breaking in and stuff like that. You know, he's always nothing but you know funny and respectful to me. You know, from pre Blue Meanie all the way up to, you know, we worked together in MLW for a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, shout out to Jim. I don't, I I I really enjoy his takes on stuff. Um, most of them, I don't agree with his Knoxville uh, take from WrestleMania 38, because I fucking love the match eh, and well. he hated it, but you're not always going to agree with everybody 100% of the time right. it takes, but, I mean, usually yeah. he's, I mean, love him or hate him, he's got points. I don't know, man. I Look, you know. I, I have plenty of, look, if I base my friendship on people I agreed with, I have no fucking friends. Right, you right. Know? I have friends who hate Van Halen. I love Van Halen. Well, fuck you. You're, you're not going to be my friend anymore. Get the fuck out of here. You know, just... Jim probably hated half the shit I did in ECW, but when we see each other, he's he's always cordial. It's one of those things I don't ask, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> we don't talk about it. So I know he didn't. He wasn't a fan of ECW. So anytime I see him, I don't talk about ECW. Right. But we talk about other things. So, uh, I'm sorry. What was the question again? So the question was, what would a heel blue meanie look like? Yeah, I started off as a heel, but I was. It, it kindly, you know, people took to my character as a baby face after a while because, you know, we were, I was a heel when I was doing the parodies. Yeah. You know, and we would get cheers. <laughs> you know, we were supposed to be the fucking heels. But people, yeah, people were supposed to be getting heat, but people start popping for us like baby faces, you know, Baron Von Meany and Baron uh, Von Meany. Baron Von Stevie and, uh, no, 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 what? was i uh colonel Demini and baron von stevie blue dust all that stuff you know uh they did they cheered for us and then when the baby face came out they cheered louder for the baby face because we were the heels you know and then eventually we do our heel shit and we get booed uh i like being the baby face just because that's just who i am but like 
being a heel is definitely easier because heels can get away with making the mistakes and still, you know, if you're, if you're a baby face and you trip, that's, you know, that's hard to come by. Right. You know, but if you're, you're a heel and you trip, that's, you know, good fucking heel fodder, you know, cause that gives a reason people to fucking laugh at you and heckle you even more. You know, heels can do so much more things than baby faces can do because baby faces can't have to, you know, they have to be on the uh, the side of good and they, they have to almost be perfect, so to speak. But, uh, God, I, I, I've been a heel, but, uh, the last time I was kind of heelish was, um, uh, when the BWO came back to WWE in 05 and WWE were doing a show at the mid Hudson civic center in Poughkeepsie. And, uh, Stevie was working, um, Scotty too hotty. And we were supposed to be heels and Scotty was like, I don't know, man, this is like an ECW building. We're like, yeah, I don't know. And we went out there and they just cheered for Scotty louder. So we were the heels and I got to work a little bit of a, you know, he threw Scotty out and I kind of ran out and, you know, did the uh, old heel stuff, you know, and see was distracting the ref and stuff like that. But, you know, nor, we, we were supposed to be the baby face. Yeah, you know, we were, I was the baby face against JBL and we were baby faces against Mexicals. Just that at night it happened to be Scotty was more over. So we, we shifted to doing heelish stuff, heelish stuff against Scotty too hottie. Zeus wants to know. I feel like I have to say Zeus like that. Zeus. 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 Did you have any ideas for the BWO back in the day you were sure would have been great but never materialized? Uh, I don't know about BWO, but I was supposed to be, like, I pitched ideas, like, before the BWO, like, uh, his TV wanted to be uh, Rob Van Darn and Sablu. <laughs> And we pitched it to Rob and Sabu, and they're like, all right. Yeah, we come out as them, and they just come out and destroy us. <laughs> and I had Sabu fucking pants made up by uh, Linda Rufa, who's the uh, photographer who was making Sabu's gear at the time. She made me a pair of blue, sparkly Sabu pants. That's awesome. It just, it just never came to be. Do you still have um, those blue, sparkly Sabu pants? No, because I kind of start wearing them <laughs> after. And I've, I destroyed them. I oh, think, man, I might still have them around somewhere. That's amazing. Uh, Mrs. Meany might've start wearing them, you know, just as a, as a rib, but, uh, I might still have them somewhere around here, but, uh, that, and I was going to, I, I pitched it, you know, after, you know, post BWO when I was, you know, still trying to find my way, I was, I pitched Meany Meany to Dancing Machiney from, um, the gong show, you know, if there's a lull in the show, hit the music. And I just come out and, you know, as like Gene, 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 the dancing machine from uh, the gong show who would just, you know, come out and dance randomly. I wanted to be meanie, meanie, the dancing machine. And Paul popped for it. It just never came to be. Top guy Michael Amen wants to know, I've seen many of meanies and or the BWO matches, but can meanie recommend his favorite match he was in during his ECW run and explained why? Would love to watch that recommendation. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, a little inside baseball where we're doing a double shot today. Double shot is, Wednesdays on WMMR. Everything that rocks. Yeah. 
So yesterday Sorry. was the 24th anniversary of WrestlePalooza 98, where me and Nova wrestled the FBI on uh, ECW pay-per-view, which uh, b- both me and Nova consider one of our crowning achievements because it was post-BWO. Stevie had gone to WCW. Stevie Raven went to WCW. Uh, me and Nova kind of had to ride the bench for a little bit because Paul's like, I'm going to put these guys on TV and they'll run the WCW too. What's, you know, what the fuck? And then once he realized we, were, we weren't going to WCW with the rest, you know, with Steven Raven, they start using us. And, you know, we didn't know we were wrestling the FBI till we got to the building that night. You know, we got to the Cobb County Civic Center and these guys are opening up the pay-per-view, you know. So uh, if you go to the cock and uh, load up, up Russell Plus. WrestlePalooza 98, um, yeah, that's probably, me and Nova, you know, both look, look back on that match very fondly, you know, as a, as a crowning achievement because that was our breakout post-BWO as a tag team against the FBI. Let's see, what else do we have going on here? Give me one second, having some uh, delays here in my screen. Why is this frozen? I'll cut this part out. Give me one second, guys. Yeah. Let's go to the next question here. Mark and Dryden's got a good one for you. What do you two... Oh, he's got one for us, it looks like. What do you two think of Jimmy Smith's announcing? Seems like he has some wrestling knowledge, and whenever he's not sure of the name of the move or the hold, Corey and Byron cover for him. Also, his MMA background seems to cover things he's unsure of as well. I like him. Me too. Yeah, he, um, I mean, I like him the way I like Morrow. He brings a sense of uh, excitement to it, some realism. Um, I like him just the way I liked Morrow because they brought a a different perspective to uh, the product. And, you know, he's in good company with Corey and, uh, you know, so, um, yeah, I like him. Simple as that. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, I think for me, it's like it's it's the same thing. It's it's I like the idea of having someone from a different world coming in to do commentary because it, it does give you a separate. Because, you know, Corey Graves is from the world, right? Like he was a wrestler, so he has that yeah. that that background um, and that ability. I feel like Byron Saxton is is the same way. Michael Cole has been doing it since the beginning of time. And, you know, Pat McAfee is just uh, an absolute fucking gem. But, you know. Jimmy Smith is somebody different. He's unique. He's got a he's got a, a very good broadcasting voice. I think is what I look for in everybody. You know, they're very distinct. You can yeah. recognize his voice as soon as he starts talking. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I enjoy him. Um, yeah. Let's see. One looks like we got one more question here today. Bob Porter wants to know any what? funny any funny James Mitchell stories. You guys do a good job. Great job, actually. Thanks. Uh, the good Reverend Jim Mitchell, big fan. I was a fan of him when he was in Smoky Mountain as a, oh my God. I can't think of his, his Smoky Mountain name, but uh, I actually stole a line from him. He did a promo in Smoky Mountain and he's like, I would rather go bobbing for apples in the colostomy bag. Than, and uh, every time I see him, I was like, dude, I love that line. That was such a great line. But, uh, Mitchell's probably one of the most underrated managers in in wrestling. You know, um, 
just from a, a cadence, voice, look. He's got a great look. He could talk. Uh, he's a great storyteller. He, you know, he comes up with, I want to say, all of his own stuff, you know, as far as, you know, in character, you know. And, uh, yeah, he should, you know, he should be, uh, he's definitely underrated. You know, uh, as, uh, did we, I'm trying to think, we, we did a few things together in ECW, like towards the end. You know, when I went back as the Blue Boy, we did the promo before uh, Heat Wave 2000. Where I, I, you know, become skinny meanie, and uh, you know, we did our promo, and it, you know, the camera turned around, and there's Jim Mitchell saying, "I sold my soul because you know now here I am now the the skinny blue meanie, and stuff like that." And it, I love the stuff he did with Mikey, you know, where they're lighting the ring bell on fire and just doing all the evil shit, you know, stuff like that. But uh, uh a great one on one story, uh. Just the fact that you know he's a you know probably one of the smartest guys around, one of the best talkers around. You could probably have a conversation with him about anything. You know, he's him and Sandman would have like uh, you know smart offs where I'm gonna name a country on a 37th parallel or whatever, and you ha you'd have to fucking guess and shit like that. So, uh, great guy, great manager, totally underrated. I actually have one more for you here because this is a good one, and I'm not sure I've ever asked this one. Sure. Hoover Jeremiah wants to know, Meanie, if you could make two foods, any two foods, zero calorie and zero carb, but they'd still taste the same, what would they be? Fucking fantastic question, Hoover. Yeah. Uh, big Rube's fried chicken. Mm. Uh, there's a dude in the South, in, well, in Philly. He's not the South Philly, but... Uh, there's a guy, Big Rube, uh, Chef Big Rube. Uh, every Wednesday he has a pop-up kitchen here in in South Philly on Wednesdays. And he has, like, some of the best fried chicken I've ever eaten in my entire life. Uh, follow him on Instagram, at Chef Big Rube, and you can get a schedule and stuff like that if you're in the Philly area. Uh, he, he does Philly, Maniunk, South Philly. He's all over the place. Yeah, Big Rube Holla. You know, he's all, he's always calling in the WIP on the morning show. He's a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, but, like, he's cooked for everybody. But uh, if I could, have, you know, have his chicken, zero calories, zero carbs, and I'll go for a, a snack, like peanut M&Ms or Reese Cups. If I could have those zero calories, zero carbs, and not get diarrhea, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would say if I can answer this question, a double double animal style from In and Out. If I yeah. that was zero calorie and zero carb, man, I'd fucking have six of them at one shot. Uh, yeah, those are good. Those are, those, are, those are that's good. Man, I'll be out in Vegas again at some point, hopefully this summer, and I literally cannot wait to get off the airplane and go right to fucking In and Out with my rental car, going right fucking there. Yeah. Um, what else? What could other be a good one? That's like me when I make my detour through Ohio to get a Kewpie burger. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, when I went last summer to California, the first thing I said to my wife, I said, we are landing. We're checking in at the hotel. Actually, we didn't even check in at the hotel because we, we weren't able to get there until like, I think the check-in was like two or three. <clears throat> and I said, the first place we're going as soon as we get the rental car is in and out 
and I'm going to fucking yeah. stuff my face. And I ordered extra so I could eat it the following morning. And then I went again. <laughs> fucking love that place, dude. I probably spent 70 bucks easy at In-N-Out. Like that whole, we were only there for like five days and I probably spent it there. Remember, remember when like out of nowhere, somebody found an In-N-Out burger wrapper in New York City or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, some, or they found an In-N-Out burger. Uh-huh. Just randomly on the ground in New York City, and nobody had a fucking clue why it was there or something, <laughs> something like that. I, 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 I know I'm, I'm fuck, I'm probably fucking it up, but yeah, In and Out Burger is really good. What's when I'm out in California, I go to get In and Out, <clears throat> In and Out Burger or uh, Carl's Jr. Yeah, I used to do Carl's Jr., but but uh, since going to Vegas for the first time and finding the In and Out, you know. I just hit there. I know Kerry Getz, the skateboarder, uh, he had an Instagram post a couple of years ago um, where he had somebody ship him out in and out and Del Taco. He paid, <laughs> I think he paid like 140 bucks for like, over, like literally air overnight shipping for the food, which I mean, it's fucking Amazing. worth it. I would have definitely done that too. But yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't think of any other one I would want to eat besides, you know, if it's zero calorie, zero carb, man, give me fucking animal style double doubles all fucking day. Uh, but yeah, everybody's me- expecting me to say cheesesteaks, which is, True, oh, but yeah, maybe I would do that too. But, but, but big rubes chicken, man. Yeah. Oh, maybe Waffle House too. I'd probably throw that in there. Something from Waffle House. Yeah. But I mean, if we're yeah. if we're if you're asking me, it's in and out. And Mimi, yeah. I have been happy to ask you all of the questions from the Pod Squad and our listeners from Twitter, from Facebook, maybe from Instagram. Who knows? From all over the planet, <laughs> all walks of social media life. Ask Meanie Anything 4 has been a popular raging success. Thank you so much for answering these questions in Blue Meanie. That was fun. Where can they find you on social media? You can find me on all forms of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which uh, I'll get to one day. Uh, at Blue Meanie BWL. You can follow me on all forms of social media there. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. You can get yourself a BWO shirt, uh, BWO guitar pick. Uh, you can get a shoot video where I uh, give you a cameo style well wish. Or if you just want to keep it old school and go to cameo, go to cameo.com slash blue mini BWO. Uh, I just did some uh, very interesting ones this week. So uh, if you want to keep me on my toes, hit me over at cameo.com slash blue mini BWO. Uh, if you want to look fashionable like I do, uh, Go to collarandelbowbrand.com. Uh, use promo code MEANY. Save 10%. Rod Hicks and Al Snow are doing an amazing job over there at collarandelbowbrand.com. Uh, you know, uh, they just had a little bit of a relaunch, so go check out their new uh, stylish pro wrestling shirts. Uh, they're so comfortable. So comfortable. They use the best quality uh, T-shirts uh, at collarandelbowbrand.com. Uh, if you would like to uh, not only look fashionable but smell good and look good, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself some of the blue spruce, some blue meanie-themed beard care. Uh, you know, uh, they're doing great stuff over there as well. If you're a big cat supporter like I am, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself the blue spruce. Get yourself a little beard comb like I use each and every day. Uh not noticeable today because, you know, I just kind of woke up a little bit ago. But uh, I will be using my Mad Cat Beer Care beard comb in a few minutes as soon as we uh, log off. But uh, speaking of logging off, uh, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Well, thank you, Mr. Meany. I appreciate you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Goober. Yes, that is my handle. 
No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. You can also check out my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net and find me on all the platforms anywhere you can, including iHeartRadio. You can also support that show by going to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Pick yourself up a shirt. Also support this show by going to patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. Uh, you can also pick up a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash mindofthemeanie and go support the show there. Become a member of Pod Squad. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at mindofthemeanie, blue meanie. It is always a pleasure to get to spend this time with you as well as the Pod Squad Yay. for the Blue Meanie. I'm Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meaning. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.